fear factor. That's right, we are talking about fear this morning and it's my privilege to close out this collection of talks that we've been journeying through called Fear Factor. If it's your first time with us at church, I want to welcome you. My name is Josh and I'm the pastor here at Eastlake. You know, church isn't cancelled. Church is just different for now. And if you've been joining in on the streams over the last couple of weeks, we just want to say welcome and thank you so much for joining us. You know, each service we've been taking a little bit of time out of the service to pause and to stop and to pray for our nation and this world for its leaders, our families and friends and our workplaces as we journey through this COVID-19 crisis. So would you pray with me right now? Let's do it. Dear Lord, I thank you so much that you are our great and almighty God, our all-knowing Father. And Lord, I thank you that you care so deeply about us. And right now, as we journey through this crisis as a nation and all over the globe, Lord, I pray that your goodness would be known. That, Lord, we would be vessels to share your love and your peace and your mercy. The story of your redemptive power and forgiveness. Lord, I pray for your miracle working, healing power to work in the lives of those who are sick right now with coronavirus or anything else, Lord. We thank you that when we call upon the name of Jesus, that you hear us. And that you answer our prayers, Lord. Would you answer our cries to you right now and the cries of those who would call upon you? In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you, God. Amen. Everyone said, Amen. Hey, in week one of this collection, Michael Cunningham talked about the fear of rejection. Then last week, Pastor Bron talked about the fear of failure. And this week, I'm talking about the fear of losing control. The fear of losing control. And you know, they say that the Lord works in mysterious ways. But I think that it's no coincidence that I'm talking about the fear of losing control. You see, as this whole crisis hit us a fair few weeks ago, I passed on to Pastor Bron, Mum, this fear factor collection of talks as I was consumed with getting us onto the live stream. And I asked her to distribute the messages out to us to speak. And she came to me and I remember the grin on her face as she came to me and said, Josh, you're going to be speaking on the fear of losing control. And I remember the grin on my wife Lee's face as I came home and told her what I was talking about. I think they both knew that it is by no mistake this morning that I am preaching to literally no one because I am preaching to myself. Control freak is a label that's been thrown around our house over the years and not just for how I stack the dishwasher. My Piper, my five-year-old, she loves songs. Stories, not songs, stories. And she comes into, but she loves songs as well. The Frozen Disney ones, they are running through my head right now. If there's anything that's come out of this crisis, it's Disney songs traveling around in my head. Somebody save me. But back to the stories. Piper, my five-year-old, she loves stories. And she climbs into my bed in the morning and she asks me to tell them with snakes and spiders and all of the Disney princesses. And she always asks me to tell them with Piper, Taya, and her best friend, May May. And we play this game of stories with Lee and Piper where we go around a circle and you might know it where you enter a word and everyone gets to add a word to create this sentence and this story. I... The control freak have a problem 
with that. You see, every time that I enter my word into the narrative, into the story, I have a plan. I have an idea of where the story is going, an image in my head. And then the next person comes along and puts their word in and completely derails my story. I know it's just my wife and it's just a game and it's just my five-year-old daughter, but I can't handle it because I'm losing control. It's a fear of losing control. And as Michael said in week one, hi, I'm Michael and I'm an approval addict. Well, hi, I'm Josh and I'm a control addict. I have a fear of losing control, and I don't think it's just in the game. I think sometimes it's in life too, and I wonder whether you've been through the same thing, trying to control what people think about you, what they say about you, the direction of your life, the plan that you have in your head, the story that you want to tell, the girl that you want to marry, the house that you want to live in, the job that you want to have the narrative and the story of your life. You think, I think we all share a little bit of this fear, the fear of losing control. The problem is we aren't in control. We just aren't. There are things out of our control. And if coronavirus has taught us anything, it is that. There are things out of our control. So what are we supposed to do about it? Well, this whole collection of talks called Fear Factor it's been centered around this scripture in 2 Timothy verse, chapter 1, verse 7 that says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So what does it mean to have that spirit of fear? Proverbs 12, 25 says, An anxious heart weighs a man down. An anxious heart weighs a man down. What's an anxious heart? I think you've got to ask yourself some questions like this. Questions like, are you rattled when things don't go as you expected? Questions like, do you often worry about things outside of your control? Do you lose sleep over pressing issues? Is it hard to turn off your mind? Does the unknown intimidate you? And do you often imagine the worst case scenario? Can you relate to some of those questions? Researchers would tell us that if you can relate to three or more, the chances are you have an anxious heart. But we aren't in control. We just aren't. And yes, there are things that are within our control, but I think the list of things that aren't is a little bit bigger. So the question is, which list will you put up on your fridge? Which list will you dream about at night? And which list will you worry about during the day? anxiousness, an anxious heart weighs a man down. If we're going to shake this fear thing, especially the fear of losing control, we've got to take our mind off the what ifs of fear. We've got to take our mind off the what ifs of fear. Jesus said in Luke chapter 21, verse 14, make up your mind not to worry beforehand. He said, make up your mind not to worry beforehand. We walk around going, what if, what if, what if? But we aren't in control. We're going to take our mind off the what ifs of fear. When Lee and I get anxious, we've got this practice where we list things out. Literally listing out the things that are running through our mind. And as we do that, oftentimes, it just proves that the list is actually quite small. 
that it's actually not as intimidating as we thought. And other times, we ask ourselves these questions as we look at the list. Is this likely to happen? Can I stop it from happening? And even better, will God still carry me through this if it does happen? And pretty soon, that list becomes smaller and our God becomes bigger. We've got to take our mind off the what-ifs of fear. You see, worry, it never changes anything for good. Worry doesn't change anything for good. Again, Jesus said in Matthew 6, 27, Who of you by worrying will add a single hour to your life? Who of you by worrying will add a single hour to your life? That scripture right there has been what's carried me through these last seven weeks. It's what's been carrying our church through. Worry doesn't add anything to our lives. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So if God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, then why do we keep walking around and it keeps popping up and keeps on paralyzing us? I think because fear is a tool of the enemy that takes away from God's best for our lives. We've got to take our mind off the what-ifs of fear and place it onto the promises of faith. The prophet Isaiah wrote about our God, you will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. We're going to put our mind on the promises of faith. Will you choose fear or faith? It's a question we've been asking lots over the last seven weeks. Will you choose fear or faith? And truly, I believe that we are a courageous church, a faith-filled church, and we will not be dictated to by fear and by the enemy. We all have one power, and it's choice. What will you choose, fear or faith? You see, faith brings peace. But worry, it brings turmoil. Faith, it draws us closer to God. But fear, it only tears us apart. Faith, it changes things. But as Jesus said, worry, it changes nothing. George Mueller, he said this, The beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. And the beginning of true faith is the end of anxiety. We need to take our mind off the what-ifs of fear and place it onto the promises of faith. And we could stop there. And it would be a nice, neat, two-point message on fear. But I've been woken through the night over the last couple of weeks. And most of you who would know me would know that I'm not some sort of hyper-spiritual person. But I believe that God has been speaking to me about this very moment right here. And I ditched the last part of my notes on this message. And I prepared something different because you realize this is different. And I know that you are watching on your TV right now, maybe in your living room, where you usually watch TV or play games with your family, or maybe you're watching on your phone right now, where you'd usually be scrolling Instagram or on your computer in the office where you'd be studying or on Netflix, sometimes more Netflix than studying. But this isn't entertainment. This isn't educational. It's not just entertainment and it's not just information. It is meant to be transformational if you will let it. 
this church online thing, honestly, it's been good. It's been encouraging. We have been able to reach and still are reaching people that would have never walked through these front doors. But there is one thing about this church online thing that frustrates me. It's that I can't climb through that camera right now and sit down with you in your living room, in your office or in the car and get real with you. Because I don't want to get to 2020, 2021 and go, ha, I remember that COVID-19 thing. Remember that? See, I don't want to just click pause in this moment. I want to get to 2021 and turn around when someone asks me, what do you remember about coronavirus? And say that I remember how my entire life was changed. And not just because of the, the virus, but because I opened myself up to God. Opened him, myself up for him to speak to me and for me to respond and for him to transform me. Please, please, please. Don't waste this time. In the movies, they call it breaking the fourth wall, where the actors turn from acting and turn towards the camera and talk to it. And I kind of want to do that right now. And I know I'm already talking to the camera, so let's call it breaking the fifth wall. But I need to get where you are. And really, it's not me. I don't need to get where you are. I need Jesus to get where you are. Because I truly believe that he can transform your life. You see, the fear of failure, the fear of rejection, the fear of losing control of the narrative of the story of your life. What is that all about? Society is addicted to it. They post the best parts of their life on Instagram. I do too. We project the best things about our church on Facebook Live and YouTube Live. But we aren't the narrator's of our life. Are you the narrator of your life? No. Am I? No. Is God? I believe he is. Scripture tells us that he is the author and the perfecter of our faith. We're going to ask ourselves the question, who's narrating your life? Is it the word of God or is it you? Is it the word of God or is it you? Who's narrating your life? You see, you can try to tell the best story with your life. You can show all the shiny bits, all the best bits and hide the failures and the mistakes and the weaknesses. But like Pastor Bron said last week, you will fail. You will fail. You see, the greatest story that we can tell isn't actually our story at all. It's the story of the unconditional love of a God who sent his son into the world to die a horrible death on a cross so that no matter how messed up our narrative is that we are saved by his sacrifice and not anything that we have or will ever do. The greatest story that we can tell isn't actually our story at all. If it was, we'd be in trouble. You see, mine would be pretty poor. I was woken up during the night because I didn't want to do this next moment, but I felt like God was leading me to it. You see, if I include everything in my narrative, I'd be including control freak. But I'd also be including an insecurity that's meant that I've changed my identity at times. I'd be including all of my weakness, an anger that's hurt people, a porn addiction 
that's meant shame has crippled me. Mistake after mistake, lies and pain, from drugs and alcohol to just laziness and procrastination, mistake after mistake is included in my narrative. And yes, there's good stuff as well. And you might be thinking, why is he talking about this? He just said porn. His mum's probably watching. We're on Facebook Live. He can't delete this. I don't care. You see, it's not about my weakness. It's about his strength. Because in every single moment, every time that I felt like I was in the darkest place, every time that shame had gripped me, that I felt like I was worth nothing, he was with me. Jesus was with me. And I believe that he is with you also because I know that we all go through these moments. I know that fear all grips us at some time in our lives. But fear not, said the Lord, for he is with you. He is with you. It isn't about me because in every one of those moments, God was with me. And I believe that he is with you as well. John 3.16 says that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall have eternal life. For God sent his son in the world not to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So that when I tell my story, when I share my weakness, people don't see my weakness. They see his forgiveness. They see his grace, they see his love, and they see his strength. And I'm kind of reminded of that story of Paul, who wrote much of the New Testament. And in a letter to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians, he wrote about a thorn in his flesh, and he cried out to God. And in verse 1 of chapter 12, it says, This boasting will do no good, but I must go on. I will reluctantly tell about visions and revelations from the Lord. I was caught up to the third heaven 14 years ago. Whether I was in my body or out of my body, I don't know. Only God knows, Paul says. Yes, only God knows whether I was in my body or outside my body. But I do know that I was caught up to paradise and heard things so astounding that they cannot be expressed in words. Things no human is allowed to tell. That experience is worth boasting about. What Paul's saying there is, that's what I post on Instagram. That's the blog that I write. But he goes on to say, but I'm not going to do it. I will boast only about my weakness. If I wanted to boast, I would be no fool in doing so because I would be telling the truth. But I won't do it because I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear in my message, even though I've received such wonderful revelations from God. So to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. And we don't know what that thorn in the flesh that Paul was talking about was. We only know it was a weakness. And in verse 8, he says three different times, I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad, Paul says, to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. Paul cries out to God, I'm weak. 
I'm weak. I'm weak. Take it away, Lord. Take it away. And God three times says, hey, Paul. Hey, Paul. Hey, Paul. My grace. My grace. My grace. And I feel him saying to me over and over again, hey, Josh. Hey, Josh. Hey, Josh. My grace. My grace. My grace. And he would say it to you this morning as you cry out to him saying, I'm weak. I'm weak. Take it away. He doesn't change his message. It's the same every time. My grace, my grace, my grace. You see, we are storytellers, but the story we are telling as Jesus followers is his grace, his grace, and his grace. To do it, we don't boast about our strength. Actually, it's the opposite. It's found in our weakness. But what you keep hidden, God can't heal. We have to bring into the light our struggle, our fear, our anxiety, our mistakes, and yes, our sin as well. Because we need to lose control of the narrative and place our story into the epic saga that's been playing out since the beginning of time and into eternity of our Father in heaven. The story of unconditional love, of forgiveness, and of a redemptive power that can restore that which was once broken and use it for His glory. We need to take our mind off of fear, take our mind off of weaknesses and put it onto his promise and his grace. I wonder what would happen if God's power shone through our weakness like a beautiful mosaic, revealing his love and his forgiveness and his grace and his strength through our imperfections. It won't happen if we just show the shiny things. It won't happen if we just do things this way. Everything's perfect out there and everything of my mistakes and failures kept back here. It won't happen that way. It doesn't work that way. We know that people won't come in these doors and ask us. So what an opportunity we have right now to stream on every platform that we can. The message that, hey, we aren't perfect. We aren't perfect. I wonder this morning for you, what is it that you need to bring into the light so that God can heal it? What is it for you? What narrative, what story do you need to let go of? The narrative of control, the narrative of failure that I'm not good enough. Whatever that story is for you, that you tell yourself or someone's spoken over your life that doesn't line up with the word of God. We need to let go of that narrative and pick up the narrative of our loving Father in heaven. I wanted, I wanted to break that fifth wall. So right now, I'd love you to get out your phones. Get out your phones right now or a notepad, whatever it is that's nearby. I want you to write down a name. I want you to write down the name of your most trusted brother or sister in Christ. I want you to write down their name right now. That most trusted friend. And then this week, I want you to text them. I want you to text them or call them with a part of your narrative that you've been holding on to, that you're going to let go of. I want you to bring it into the light with that friend. It's one of the most powerful experiences 
that you can share together. And I believe that in that moment, God can bring healing and restore strength into your story. Would you pray with me right now? Dear Lord, I thank you. Lord, that you are redeeming things all the time, Lord, that you can use even the most broken parts of my life, Lord, for, for good, that there is no other power here on earth that can use my mistakes. But Lord God, you, your love, your grace, your strength, your forgiveness, your mercy and your peace, God, is available to us as we call upon your name, as we declare our faith in you. So we do that right now. And Lord, we ask for forgiveness for all of the times that we've tried to take control of the narrative and all of the times that we've failed and we've stumbled and we've fallen. And God, we ask that your grace would wash over us. That Lord, the blood that was, sat, that was shed on the cross would wash us clean. Lord, we declare that you are our King, our Father, and we place our trust in you. We place our story and our life with you, Lord, in this moment right now. I pray that as people message and call their trusted friend, God, that your presence and power would be among them. And as they bring things into the light, that your healing would be available. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hey, we're going to go into one more song of worship. And as we do that, you'll see options come up on the screen where you can text for someone to pray along with you or give you a call during the week. You'll see giving options and ways to connect. We love you, church. And we can't wait to see you next week.